Going through a divorce is daunting and can make you feel financially vulnerable. Ampla Finance can help. Unlike other loans, there's no need for any ongoing monthly repayments. You're only charged loan interest on the amount of money used to pay your solicitor's fees as your case progresses, and the easy-to-use online tool keeps you in full control throughout the process. Your loan is normally repaid in full when you reach settlement, so between now and then, you have peace of mind that the cost of your divorce won't impact your day-to-day -day needs. Ampla Finance puts you at the heart of everything they do and can help you to make the fresh start you're looking for. To find out more, click the link in the podcast description or visit www.amplifinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Smart Divorce Podcast. During Series 3, we will be answering some of the questions we most commonly get asked as professionals working with divorcing, separating and clients dissolving a civil partnership. If you have any more questions, we'd be delighted to answer them. Please visit our website www.smartdivorce.co.uk and I'll hand over to today's guest. Hi, I am delighted to be joined today by Carol Nettleton from Price Slater Gorn. Hi, Carol, how are you doing? Hi, hi, Samson. I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you doing on this rainy day? <laughs> Excellent. I'm all right. Sun looks like it might actually be coming out, which would be which would be good. Um, so we're going to talk today about the family home and the options available for dealing with the family home. It's a topic I get asked about all the time. So we're going to cover all the various options today. Um, but before we get cracking, do you want to just introduce yourself? Thanks, Tamsin. Yes, um, my name's Carol Nettleton. I'm a family law consultant at Price Later Gone in Altrium. I deal with divorce, separation, dissolution of civil partnership, um, helping people to deal with their finances and arrangements for children when their relationship is breaking down. I mainly deal with um, helping people sort out their finances. I qualified in 1996. I've been doing this for a little while now. So, um, yeah, that's a bit about me. Fantastic. Thank you. So we'll move straight on. So the family home is obviously a really emotive subject when um, when we're looking at divorce and it's one of the big things, as I said before, that we often get asked about. So what are the options available when we're looking at dealing with the family home? So Tamsin, there's a, a range of options that the divorce court can look at when dealing with the family home because often family home is an important asset both in terms of finances and emotionally. So the family court, they can order transfer the family home to one party and not paying a lump sum to the other an outright transfer they can order a transfer to one party and the other party receiving a lump sum they can order a sale of the property and a division of the equity upon a sale um, or they can order a transfer into one party's name and then the other party gets the lump sum at some triggering event in the future usually when the children are 18 or finish full-time education uh, or often it's the wife who wants to stay in the family home. So the divorce courts are very, very flexible and they have this overriding priority to make sure children have a home. So in every case, and every case is fact-specific, they'll look at achieving that. So how do we achieve 
a home for children, but also a home for both parties, both for husband and wife. Um, so that's the range of options available. They, they've got a wide, wide range they can look at. Then they'll look at all cases, fact specific, and then apply. Well, okay, what should we do with the family home? What's best for the children? How can we achieve a fair and reasonable result for both parties? That's what they want from it. Fantastic. And we're going to talk about husband and wife. Um, yeah. And the way we talk about it is sometimes the other way around. So yes. we're talking about it one way, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. It could be the other way around. And we are also talking about husband and wife, but it could be husband and husband or wife and wife. Oh, or yeah. Yes. Partners as well. Just to make that clear, the rules are the same um for all when I say several partners I mean a proper civil formal civil partnership not just people who've been living together because that's slightly different that's a different topic and for another <laughs> podcast yes so if we talk about husband and wife um I think that just makes it easier for people to understand but yes it applies to husband and husband wife and wife or civil partnership because the rules are the same and it's okay. about economics it's about economics and affordability and, and income as well so all those are covered in, yeah okay so let's start off with option one where um you um one party is is transferred the property um but there's no chain no exchanging of of a lump sum so in so that, what circumstances does that is that relevant so that might be in a situation where there's limited equity in the property um when i say equity when someone comes to me to deal with this, we get a valuation of the property. I ask them what's outstanding on the mortgage because we need to assess what equity there is in the property, what the property would achieve if it were sold on the open market. That's called the equity. So often an outright transfer will be where there's no equity in the property, but wife can afford to take over the mortgage if she wants to stay there. Or sometimes an outright transfer with no lump sum, perhaps there's assets elsewhere. Um but it depends, again, I'm going to be saying it depends, that's my phrase that we do talk about, but it does depend and it's fact-specific because what the court wants to achieve, if one party wants to stay in the property, they'll then look at, okay, what do we give the other party? What's a good result? What's a fair result for the other party? It's not making one party more dominant. It's a fair and reasonable outcome. So transfer with no lump sum is quite unusual because Often there will be a fund of equity in a family home because people may have lived there for a long time, they've paid off the mortgage, they, they want, they're looking to the future together. Um, so the next option where it's a transfer with a lump sum is often, I find, what would, would happen because we're looking at a home for both parties and how do we achieve that? Yeah. So if we're looking at a transfer with a lump sum, it's not necessarily mm -hmm. having to remortgage and take extra money from the property if there are funds elsewhere. No. So it's always about affordability. So when a party comes to me, I say, well, OK, tell me what the property is worth. Tell me what the mortgage is. Tell me what the mortgage is a month. What income do you both have? We then look at maintenance because it is definitely about affordability. So, no, if there is um, equity in the property and one party wants to stay there and can afford to do so, then yes, we'll look at other assets to say, well, okay, 
is it then fair and reasonable that the other party keeps other assets and the other one party keeps the home? So often it can be offsetting different assets to deal with the family home in that proactive and fair way. So yeah, definitely. We all, we have to, lawyers have this horrible word called the matrimonial pot. And the idea is we get all these assets, individual and joint, and we put them into this imaginary pot and the division is fair and reasonable. And yes, yeah, so it's their savings or their policies or their shares, what exactly is there? And what could, do we do with the family home? Who wants to stay there? Do they want to stay there? Can they afford to stay there? All those questions come into the equation. So it's very fact specific. But if I'm acting for a, a husband or a party who doesn't want to stay there, then I'm wanting a lump sum for them and I'm wanting a release from the mortgage because each party needs to move on practically and emotionally. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And the third option is um, in order to sell the property. Mm. So under what circumstances is, is this usually uh, come into play? This usually comes into play when it's unaffordable to remain at the property or the property is too big for a person's need. So often I, I might get a wife who's had a, lived in a six-bedroom property that's separating that is no longer needed. So there's an expectation that then they free up any equity, that they downsize possibly to a mortgage-free property um, because it's about making sure everybody has a home and particularly for their children that both parties have a home to which the children can go between and they have accommodation for both. So it's sale is often the most emotive and can be the most difficult option particularly if one party has not sought the separation and feels that they're being pushed out of their home there are um there's a positive spin we can put on this though isn't there in that um i've certainly dealt with clients and had friends who've moved on from the family home um because it's a sometimes a real struggle to stay in the home pay all the bills etc and and have moved into a new home and actually found that a really positive experience because they can start that new chapter in a place that's only ever been theirs and they're not surrounded by um memories of a of a previous relationship is that your experience as well yeah absolutely and i can speak from personal experience I went through a very acrimonious divorce about 10 years ago. So we had a nice big house that um, we sold and I downsized by mortgage free with my two children. And to me, yes, it, it was hard in one sense leaving, but not really because it's meant that the future has been, this, this home has been my own home that I've only shared with my children. So there are only positive memories attached to it. And it has been emotionally for me and for lots of my clients is a positive thing but some it's a hard hurdle to get over but I agree with you definitely that sometimes the emotion attached is caught up in the emotion of the moment and that actually when you take that step maybe if you are forced to sell or it's not affordable that life is okay and you have this home that is 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 your own and it has no, no bad, difficult memories attached. And when you shut the door, you know it's yours. No one can come in unless you let them. And for me personally, that, that's been a very positive thing. So I understand completely the emotion that people attach to their family homes. But equally, I agree with you that it's a very positive emotional step 
to if you if you have to sell, I don't think to be looked at as negatively negatively as it can be. Yeah, I think it's the it's the initial fear, isn't it? It's the first thing oh. when you separate. Well, where am I going to live? And the thought of living somewhere different and moving house on your own is quite terrifying. But I think actually the reality oh, is yeah. scary as the um, as the thought in your head. No, absolutely. I can remember waking up at three o'clock in the morning thinking, where, where are me and the children going to live? Where are we going to live? And that panic that you have thinking, oh, this future is so uncertain. I, I don't know what's going to happen. And to remain in my old home would have been easier, but harder because it's about affordability. And it was about the emotions that, the unhappy emotions that were attached to, to that place. And moving on, it means that I don't have them. Um, but yeah, it, I think... Because it is so uncertain for some people, everybody who's going through a divorce, that, yeah, we fear, yeah. But the court are there to help. And that, from my experience, the court will do, will try and meet what people want, if that's possible, because they're working in each individual situation. So courts are very good, I found, in making practical and economic outcomes in respect to the family home. Fantastic. And we have one final option to discuss, which is the option of staying in the family home until the children are um, age 18 or leave full-time education. So how does that work? That's called a mesh order. And that works where there is a fund of equity that may need to be released at some point in the future. But again, overriding need is for a home for the children. So to achieve that, one party, often the wife, stays there and then when the children are 18 or leave full-time education or the wife remarries or cohabits the property is then sold and a husband will get a lump sum percentage based at that point in the future if I'm acting for a husband that's not ideal because you're you may be tied to a mortgage you can't get your own mortgage so we would then explore can husband be released um, from the existing mortgage and also it means that you have to wait for your lump sum where you may have an, you may need it or want it now to put down as deposit. But that's a halfway house between a sale and making sure the children have a home. So, um, yeah, I think I've found that the courts are very, very sensitive and sensible about the family home because they understand that it can often be the main source of capital in a separation and also the emotions that are attached to it, both for wife and children. And these types of orders where it's delayed, sale is delayed, can be helpful because time then moves on and it's not such a difficult step to take to sell the home if you've not wanted to do that. The children have gone, that, that's been part of it. So, yeah, I've generally found that the courts are very sensitive and will look at what a party you want, what they need, what the children need um, and make those orders accordingly. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, and one thing that's really important is to get really good mortgage advice um, <sighs> and make sure that you're not just going to your own lender and, and, and taking whatever they've said as being the situation wherever, because lots of lenders have different um, different options available. Um, yeah, absolutely. Tamsin's I would always say to my clients, look, you need to get proper advice from a financial advisor because your existing lender 
may not look at maintenance as a, an income that they will accept. Um, they may just look at your salary. And if your salary is not enough, but your income is enough, your income in the round is enough, we're looking at uh, maintenance, child benefits, that another lender may be more open to that than your existing lender. So explore all options. If you want to stay, then you must explore all options with a financial advisor because they will know and guide you to, to ensure that, okay, if you want to sell, you can. If you have to remortgage, that you can. If you have to raise a lump sum, that you can. So it is all about affordability and assessing whether your entire income from whatever source is enough to enable you to stay in the family home. So yeah, definitely it's 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 so important to take that advice, particularly because it's the family home is often the main asset or can be a big part of, of someone's economic situation. So it's really important. And also it can be made affordable. So if you can restructure your mortgage, you'll know, won't you? That Actually, I can afford it. I can't afford it on my existing one because it's too much, but I might be able to restructure it in terms of how long I take it out or what I do with it or with another lender. So it's so important, yeah. Yeah, yeah there are there are loads of options available. So we would always um, get people to take professional mortgage advice. Um, we don't actually do them ourselves, but we're going to be talking to uh, Daniel Bell from Bell. Oh, yeah, great, yeah. Um, who's going to... Uh, give us more information uh, in a couple of weeks time on uh, on how to go about sorting your mortgages out so that should be great carol thank you so much for joining me today it's, oh, it's been such a pleasure thank you for inviting me Tamsin. it's been such a pleasure thank you for listening to the smart divorce podcast if you'd like details of our guest today or of myself so you can get in touch please check out the program notes Many thanks. See you again soon.